there's too many people that are isolated in trying to do good work for God. They're all trying to figure out how to market Catholicism in a fresh way that actually engages people. Though so we tried it the first year, had tremendous success. It's exciting. I'm having fun. I'm meeting a lot of really great people. I have been to all of these shows over the last year, and by far this is my favorite. I want to emphasize the importance of what you're doing as lay apostles in the CMN. The Catholic Marketing Network has a service that the marketplace needs and the church needs. There's the distribution of a lot of Catholic religious items, but most of the people you talk to, they say, well, we really come for the networking. It's a great joy to be here. In fact, it was almost 10 years ago that I came to the Catholic Marketing Network for the first time. There was a friend and I putting out sacred music, and Ignatius Press picked it up and they showcased us. and. Before you know it, we had sold 20,000 copies to people like you. And that sprung board a company that now has reach in about eight different countries. I found really good and you know very interesting because I like when people come from everywhere and we can learn a lot. We come to show something, but they show us too. So that's, uh, that's an amazing. This is always one of my favorite, favorite, favorite events. I always love coming here and being here because it's, uh, it's such a synergy to be around like-minded people with the same ideals, the same love for the church. So it's beautiful. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you, and thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us as uh, always. And know that you can follow, friend, and like us uh, anywhere on social media by just simply searching for Sewing Hope, uh, Sewing Hope Podcast. We also have Twitter, Instagram, and all that at uh, Hope Sewing. So uh, check us out and know that we love to interact with you. And thank you so much again for being here. I'm always joined by my uh, friend and co-host, Andy Santis. And how are you? Oh, doing great, Bill. <laughs> and it's good to be here because I'm excited about this one. Yeah, d- definitely. I am too. And, uh, you know, it's something we haven't uh, ever really done on the program before. And so 
Um, I'm I'm super excited about it because I know that I know we've mentioned in passing to our to our listeners that we've chosen patron saints for the program, um, which which is pretty cool. Um, but we've never really delved into uh, who they are and uh, why we chose them. So uh, I think today will be a great uh, opportunity to choose, uh, you know, or to talk about why we chose our patron saints of Saint John of God and uh, Saint Mother Teresa um, of Calcutta. That's right. And also, we've been around since the beginning, almost the beginning of last year, 2020. It was right around the time that the pandemic hit, that Bill and I came together. And, you know, God really brought this podcast together because it was a time that we had some changes in our lives. And we had that idea to to do this podcast. And so Bill was the one, I will say, that when we talked about a patron saint's that uh, St. John of God was one that, you know, God enlightened him about being our patron saint. And the other one, of course, St. Teresa of Calcutta, which I think uh, we both agreed on. But it was interesting for me to learn about St. John of God because he is the patron of several different things. And one of those things are heart patients. And I know, Bill, that was one of the things that, you know, you, you felt was a good match for this podcast. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, knowing that both you and I had had heart conditions, uh, knowing that those who suffer from, you know, heart, heart related issues, uh, St. John of God is the, the patron saint of that. So, um, you know, I, I, I used, um, some different metals. Again, I don't, I didn't know a ton about him, uh, either, um, but what what I did know was that he was the patron of you know heart failure and, and, and heart conditions, and so um, when I went to have my third open heart surgery, I ended up buying all my family religious medals of uh, Saint John of God, uh, just because you know I said we wear them and wear them you know uh, with devotion so that the surgery goes well, um, and, and of course it went incredibly well. Uh, so thank you Saint John of God, but. Um, since then, uh, I've just always kind of prayed to him for the heart-related issues and, and things, and, and knowing that both of us had had heart issues, and it just, <laughs> and that's kind of what united this podcast. I was like, well, St. John of God's got to be looking over the podcast, too, at, <laughs> at some point. Yeah, that's that's right, and, and the more I've been reading about him, the more I realize I want to intercede to him even more for this mm-hmm. podcast, but also just for my own intentions and people that I care about. And he's also the patron saint of a few other things. Um, I'm looking at something from franciscanmedia.org on St. John of God. He's the patron saint of booksellers, firefighters, heart patients, which we already said, hospitals, nurses, printers, and the sick. So if you're listening and you fall into any of those categories, maybe he's the saint that you can intercede to. Yes, absolutely. I know there's a, there was a, there's also a few other different organizations that say that he is the patron saint of those suffering from mental disorders as well. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah. um, you know, awesome. But yeah, poor, sick. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's so, so you know, obviously um, it, it's, it, it's a beautiful thing to, um, you know, have, have uh, him as our patron just because of that. But, um, you know, I, I also, you know, just want to mention to you as well that, um, you know, he, uh, he, is Portuguese, right? <laughs> so he is from Portugal, um, and he and he was uh, a soldier that 
uh, turned into a healthcare worker in Spain. Um, and so uh, that is uh, just a, but, and that's kind of the reason why he had, you know, some of these different, um, you know, patron, that's the reason why he's a patron of the sick, the poor, uh, those suffering from uh, mental disorders, heart conditions, um, heart patients, things like that, because because uh, he because he was a healthcare worker, and uh, man, wh- also you know thinking about the year of two twenty twenty and twenty twenty one that we've had, in, you know, uh, and all the frontline workers and all the healthcare workers. What a great patron! What a great patron mm-hmm. too, uh, since he himself too was uh, a, a you know a healthcare worker. Yeah, exactly, Bill. And I thought also, uh, if, if it's okay, I'd like to read a little bit about his life because I have something short here, but it would give our listeners a little more information about him. And I'm looking at something from franciscanmedia.org on St. John of God. And first of all, he lived from March 8th of 1495 and died at, on March 8th, same day, uh, 1550. So he was 55 years old when he died. And his story is that having given up active Christian belief while a soldier, John was 40 before the depth of his sinfulness began to dawn on him. He decided to give the rest of his life to God's service and headed at once for Africa, where he hoped to free captive Christians and possibly be martyred. He was soon advised that his desire for martyrdom was not spiritually well-based and returned to Spain and the relatively prosaic activity of a religious goods store. Yet he was, he was still not settled. Moved initially by a sermon of St. John of Avila, he one day engaged in a public beating of himself, begging mercy and wildly repenting for his past life. Committed to a mental hospital for these actions, John was visited by St. John, who advised him to be more actively involved in tending to the needs of others rather than in enduring personal hardships. John gained peace of heart and shortly after left the hospital to begin work among the poor. He established a house where he wisely tended to the needs of the sick poor at first, doing his own begging. But excited by the saint's great work and inspired by his devotion, many people began to back him up with money and provisions. Among them were the Archbishop and Marquis of Tarifa. Behind John's outward acts of total concern and love for Christ's sick poor was a deep interior prayer life, which was reflected in his spirit of humility. These qualities attracted helpers who, 20 years after John's death, formed the Brothers Hospitallers, now a worldwide religious order. Just a little bit more here. John became ill after 10 years of service, but tried to disguise his ill health. He began to put the hospital's administrative work into order and imported and excuse me, appointed a leader for his helpers. He died under the care of a spiritual friend and admirer, Lady Anna Osorio. Mm. I'll stop there. That's pretty much it. But it gives you an idea of how he was kind of being tormented at first by sort of what he was experiencing from others and the, you know, as they say, blessed are the persecuted. And he was, yeah. but he turned it around by giving himself to the poor. Yeah, and you know that that is, um, you know, a beautiful a beautiful thing, uh, in in our um, in our in our faith that we have so many different saints. I mean, I I think we can touch on this too, Anna. There's so many different saints that have um, from all different walks of life, right? Um, those who, you know, have a reversion. 
And St. John of God really is a revert, <laughs> too, right? Uh, he, he, he turned away from his Christian faith, but then turned back. Um, and, and so we have so many different walks of life that are called saints. You know, so many people have different, so many different walks that are called saints. Um, and, you know, the, the other thing, too, is that no matter where you are in your life, no matter where you are in your life, I think this is another one of those um, beautiful things. I like how you read in his bio or in his uh, memoir there that, um, that you know, his, his desire for martyrdom was not spiritually founded. You know, how, how many of us want to do something so great for Jesus, you know, die for, die for Jesus, that it, it isn't what Jesus is calling us to, you know? And I think that in that reflection, I think we can really look at and listen to what he has to teach us about that. Because oftentimes in ministry, um, you know, and, and I know in my own life, I've said, oh man, I really want to do this for you, Jesus. I really want to do this. And, and through the um, help of friends, through the Holy Spirit speaking to me, right? You're going, no, 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 this is not the path for you. The, I want you to do this, and this is where I'm calling you in life. Um, and, and so I think that, um, you know, for, for everybody to understand that... Um, that that is a great lesson that John of God can teach us to examine ourselves and say, "Hey, you know what? Am I am I really am I really wanting, <laughs> uh, or or am I really called to do these things?" So I just think uh, he has a great uh, he has a great story, uh, and 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 a beautiful and a beautiful example for for many of us, many young Catholics out there, that can um, you know say, you know what. Let me let me examine what I'm supposed to be doing, and then the amazing thing is that um, after he understood it and knew it well, what did he do? He 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 did it right. <laughs> like, like he went out and he uh, lived his life for God, and he, so much so that he is uh, considered <laughs> Saint John of God, right? Um, so anyway, I just you know that those are the pieces of the story that stick out to me, and I don't know about any. That stick out for you, but you know, for me, that's kind of what sticks out for me in his story. Yeah, thank you. I, I like what you said because you're right. Sometimes we may have some design about how we can serve God, and uh, you know, and, and and we want to just get out there. And you know, like you said, he wanted to be a martyr, but God had some other plans for him when it came to evangelizing. You know. The simplest way that we evangelize is just in our interactions with the people that are around us and that God places before us, whether it's our family or people at church or people we meet when we go places mm. or at work, things like that. So uh, that's probably the, the, the most streamlined way, I think, to, to do God's will is, is just to, to act in the ways that God presents to us in everyday life. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, and I know that our second reflection when we talk about St. Teresa of Calcutta, she talks a lot about that. 
Oh, yeah. But um, before we do that, though, I thought I could just read this reflection. It's very short about St. John of God, and it's from that same uh, website, franciscanmedia.org from St. John of God. It says, the utter humility of John of God, which left, excuse me, which led to a total selfless dedication to others is most impressive. Here's a man who realized his nothingness in the face of God. The Lord blessed him with the gifts of prudence, patience, courage, enthusiasm, and the ability to influence and inspire others. He saw that in his early life, he had turned away from the Lord and moved to receive his mercy. John began his new commitment to love others in openness to God's love. Mm. I mean, so I think that's just beautiful because he was humble enough to follow what God was presenting to him in front of his face and, you know, about the people in our lives that need the message, right? They need not only the message, they need Christ's love and they need to experience his love. And, and sometimes those poor people, whether they're materially poor, spiritually poor, or, you know, the other ways that we can be poor in spirit or in our lives was that that was the way that John fulfilled his mission with God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And, you know, um, openness to God is very important, right? That's the other thing. I think being open to God's love is so important. And um, if if we, once we have received God's mercy, open ourselves up to the love of God, ev- anything is completely possible, right? Anything is possible with God. And I know I've seen that in my life, and through the intercession of St. John of God, I know I've seen it in, in my life. Um, so I just encourage people, um, you know, to to intercede to him, you know, ask for his assistance. Uh, again, especially if you are, um, you know, a firefighter, uh, you work in hospitals, nurses, um, printers, you're, you, you know, you're printing books, uh, booksellers. That's another one. And that's <laughs> that's a good one for both <laughs> you and I, considering right. you have a brand new book and you've got another <laughs> one coming out this summer. Um, so we can certainly use him, uh, as well for that. But, but yeah, just know, um, that, that rely on him, rely on his strength. And, you know, it also goes to show you don't necessarily have to have, um, a wild popularity, you know, say, say, you know, you know, if you're looking at, you know, popular, you know, popularity of, you know, between, the different saints, you know, I mean, you're going to, you're going to hear a lot of St. Faustina. You're going to hear a lot of St. John Paul II, a lot of St. Mother Teresa. You're going to hear a lot of these different saints. St. John of God is one of those more obscure saints, but the reality is he is still in heaven interceding for us. So I encourage um, you all to, to just intercede to him, uh, especially if you're in one of the categories of, um, of his intercession, booksellers, firefighters, heart patients, hospitals, nurses, printers, and the sick, and also of this podcast, Sewing Hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well said. And I think, honestly, that investigating the lives of the saints is really one of the best ways that we can grow in our own faith journey, because we begin to see what is really important to God in the end, you know, there's all kinds of things that we can uh, strive for in this life. And I think we're at that time of year where we see young people who are graduating from college 
and graduating from high school. And there's a lot of talk about life mission and purpose and, you know, the accolades that going go along with earning some kind of degree or diploma. And then you say, well, what do I do with the rest of my life? <laughs> and I think when you look at, right, when you look at these saints, then you can begin to see that when we incorporate in our thoughts and in our desires, what direction am I supposed to go in in my life? Is it all about me? Is it all about how much money I make, whether I get promotions and work for a big company or be able to put a down payment on a house, whatever it is, you know? But at the end of the day, and, and really at the end of our lives, uh, we are called to live the mission that God cares about, right? What he has in store and in mind for us. Mm. And part of that is to living out what that word Catholic means. And I, I've said this before, and, you know, it means universal. So it's not just mm. about me, right? It's not, right. It's not just about Anne and, and her family or Bill and his family, right? I mean, it's, it's about all of us and it's about how we can work and live together as Catholics, as Christians, as people of faith, yeah. supporting and loving one another. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, you're, you're right. And when we, especially when you talk about this whole status thing too, like, you know, the, the, as I mentioned earlier, you know, from all walks of life, there are saints from all walks of life. There are rich saints. There are poor saints. There are saints who, um, you know, gave it all up. There are reverts like John of God, right? Like there, there are all types of saints. And I think that that is such a great lesson for each and every one of us. Because, um, you know, I mean, I, one of the greatest shows on Catholic media, I think, is Catholic Answers. And um, listening to the show Catholic Answers, if you if you do listen to it, uh, their their former host um, Patrick Coffin, he used to always say, you know, be a saint. What else is there? That's how he would close the program every every uh, week. He would say, you know, be a saint. What else is there? And it's so true, right? Like you know, we are called to sainthood, you know, and and it doesn't matter where you are in your journey in life. It, it, it just doesn't. You're, you are called to sainthood. And, and it's not just you. It's everybody. <laughs> that, that's the other thing to think about. You know, like, oftentimes we put these saints on a pedestal, right? We put them way up there. Like, oh, that is, you know, it's totally possible for St. John of God or St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta to be a saint. They're, they're so holy. They're so perfect. You know, uh, look at their lives. But the reality is, is if you bend down and you do the work that God is asking you to do, right? Like, like just like in St. John God's story, like if you do the work that God is asking you to do and, and not the work that you think he's asking you to do, oh, I'm going to go off, man, I've given my life, I'm ready to be a martyr, I'm ready to go die for Christ. And God's like, oh, slow your roll here. That's not what I'm calling you to do. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm calling you to do something else. And if you do that, and you do it well, you are then able to lead people and um, use the Holy Spirit to lead groups of people closer to God. And that is what sainthood is, right? Like when you get yourself closer to God yourself, and then you get 
others closer to him, that's the definition of, of our purpose in life, to get to heaven and to help as many other people as possible get there. It, it, it's that simple. So, you know, I just, um, I, I just encourage you, again, you know, whether they're obscure or whether they're uh, more well-known, um, research is answered the lives of the saints because you will come away edified and you will come away uh, with, with just um, a, a deeper understanding of who, who you are to be through the eyes and the lives of these saints, right? You, you will recognize your mission. I think that's the other thing, too. Like, the reason why we have patrons of certain things, Anne, is because, you know, we want to have a like-minded individual with us along the journey, right? So, like, so like you know, nurses associate themselves with nurses, and doctors associate themselves with doctors. Firefighters associate themselves with other firefighters. Why? It's because it's because this camaraderie, this this you know, builds a strength up, right? And so when look up who the saints are in your profession. Look up the saints who, you know about your passion in life. You know, who it, it, they, and they have them for like interest too. So like if you're a horseback rider or you are a surfer or what, whatever it is, look up, look it up. And then, and then, and then rely on that person's intercession. Right. Um, and that's, and that's beautiful. Like, so, so if we can do these things uh, all together as a group and relying on the different patron saints who are, in the you know you know in the patronage we will go to heaven you know with that with that group of people we'll kind of all go together you know toward god if we rely on the other holy lives that are before us uh and and we kind of follow their lead that's what you know that's the reason why we we venerate them we don't we don't worship them i want let's make that very clear too right like we're not here worshiping saints we worship God, but we follow, we venerate the lives that they have. We follow in their footsteps so that we can, you know, follow the path that's already worn, you know, right to heaven, right to God. Um, and so, 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 yeah, just, just some thoughts on, you know, how to follow, um, you know, the saints. Look at those patron, you know, if who, whatever the patron is of your activity, your profession, uh, or your condition, like heart, <laughs> like heart conditions, look it up. And then, and then follow their devotion, follow their path, the same path they, they went, uh, kind of follow, follow that path as well toward heaven. Yeah, exactly, Bill. I mean, and, and I like how you said all of what you just said. And I found it very interesting, too. And I'll just say it again, because I think it really is something to ponder how, you know, St. John of God was feeling kind of that wrath from the world, not from God, but from the world. He was feeling that persecution and it was making him depressed and it was making him not feel like he was fulfilling that mission. But what was once he submitted himself to what God really wanted him to do, and it wasn't going to be in the end, right? In the end, it wasn't going to be that he was martyred. In the end, it was that he was going to serve the poor. So I think one commonality that we see with St. Teresa of Calcutta and St. John of God, they both kind of did that. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I, I think that's interesting because when we say that we're the Sewing Hope podcast, really what we're, 
what we're trying to instill in all of your hearts and in our own hearts is the idea that sowing hope into broken hearts really is an important thing today, not only for the material needs of others, but for their spiritual needs and for, you know, the, the many things that kind of bring people down in life, depression, anxiety, all those things. So we really do care on this podcast about people who have gone through really tough times. Yeah. And I know that that's what St. John of God and, and, and St. Teresa of Calcutta. Now I want to read also, if I could, same kind of thing that I did with yeah. St. John of God. This is also from franciscanmedia.org, St. Teresa of Calcutta. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, the tiny woman recognized throughout the world for her work among the poorest of the poor, was beatified on October 19th, 2003. Among those present were hundreds of missionaries of charity, the order she founded in 1950 as a diocesan religious community. Today, the congregation also includes contemplative sisters and brothers and an order of priests. Born to Albanian parents in what is now, now I, I hope I pronounced this correctly, is it Skopje, Macedonia? What is that? Is that correct? You, you um, know better. I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> okay. And um, Ghana, uh, Ghana, now I don't know how to pronounce her name. I might not even try. Uh, Bajo, uh, uh, please forgive me, but her name was Agnes, anyway, was the youngest of three children who, survi who survived. For a time, the family lived comfortably and her father's construction business thrived, but life changed overnight following his unexpected death. During her years in public school, Agnes participated in a Catholic solidarity and showed a strong interest in the foreign missions. At age 18, she entered the Loretto Sisters of Dublin. It was 1928 when she said goodbye to her mother for the final time and made her way to a brand new land and a new life. The following year, she was sent to the Loretta Novitiate in, in Dar Darjeeling, India. There she chose the name of Teresa and prepared for a life of service. She was assigned to a high school for girls in Calcutta where she taught history and geography to the daughters of the wealthy, but she could not escape the realities around her the poverty, the suffering, the overwhelming numbers of destitute people. In 1946, while riding a train to uh, Darjeeling to make a retreat, Sister Teresa heard what later explained as a, quote, call within a call. The message was clear. I was to leave the convent and help the poor while living among them. She also heard a call to give up her life with the Sisters of Loretto and instead to follow Christ into the slums to serve him amongst the poorest of the poor. Just a little bit more here. After receiving permission to leave Loretto, established a new religious community and undertake her new work, Sister Teresa took a nursing course for several months. She returned to Calcutta where she lived in the slums and opened a school for poor children. Dressed in a white sari and sandals, the ordinary dress of an Indian woman, she soon began to get to know her neighbors, especially the poor and sick and getting to know their needs through visits. The work was exhausting. But she was not alone for long. Volunteers who came to join her in work, some of them former students, became the core of the missionaries of charity. Others helped by donating food, clothing, supplies, and other, and the use of buildings. Mm. In, in 1952, just a little more, the city mm. of Calcutta gave Mother Teresa a former hostel, which became a, a home for the dying and the destitute. As the order expanded, services were also offered to orphans, abandoned children, alcoholics, the aging and street people. For the next four decades, Mother Teresa worked tirelessly on behalf of the poor. Her love knew no bounds, nor did her energy as she 
crisscrossed the globe, pleading for support and inviting others to see the face of Jesus in the poorest of the poor. In 1979, she was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. On September 5th, 1997, God called her home. Blessed Teresa was canonized by Pope Francis on September 4th, 2016. Now, I just want to say, too, that she was born on August 26, 1910, and died on September 5th of 1997. Bill, thanks for letting me read that. I think it was important for listeners to learn a little more about her. Oh, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, uh, Mother Teresa just had such an incredible uh, life. And it's one that I think, I mean, for, for, for Catholics that are pretty much my age, in their 30s, mid 30s, and older, really can remember her. You know, I was what? She died in 1997, you said, right? I mean that yes. yeah. So, um I was I was 12, right? So I, I have memory of her. Like, you know, and I and I remember her being alive and then to have her canonized a saint. Wow, right? Like like isn't that incredible? Uh, you know, somebody living during my lifetime remembering her work and she, and she is now canonized saint in heaven. So that also goes to show us the possibility that you and what's going on in your life right now, you have the ability to become a canonized saint. You you know, you have the ability to become a canonized saint. As I said earlier, right? You are you are called to be a saint. Um and the the other um, thing that I'll uh, m- mention is that you know when I was working for WSFI at, at the radio station there uh, in Illinois, um, I had the opportunity to meet a gentleman who had a very very rare uh, DVD of Mother Teresa, and M- Mother Teresa uh, where it was working in uh, Tijuana, Mexico for a period of time. In 1991, she she visited there, and one of the really interesting things about her life uh, there is she ended up falling sick. She fell sick in 1991, uh, and had to go to the hospital. I believe it was in San Diego. They moved her up to San Diego in the United States, uh, where she was recovering from various some different illnesses um, in 1991. Uh, it was kind of toward the end of her life. But one of the incredible things that happened uh, while she was in the hospital was uh, right before she got discharged. And she was still a patient there. Um, and she called all of the nurses and doctors that had worked on her together. She said, I want, I, I, I want a conference room. I mean, you know, how do you tell this nun you know, <laughs> that you're going <laughs> to want a conference room with all the people who have taken care of me over the last couple of years in, in, in San Diego, California. Like, how do you do this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she pulled everybody together, and she started talking to all the doctors and nurses, and somebody was smart enough to take a video camera and film it. And what was incredible was she was empowering. I mean, th- this woman, you know, you know, was six years away from her death. She was not a spring chicken, right? Um, and... And here she was, inspiring these doctors, pleading with them to 
to go into the mission work to help others that 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 their hands and that their minds and that everything that had given been given to them by God for like an hour and a half this DVD goes on and and uh, it's not a it, it's not a public DVD you cannot watch this on YouTube uh, it was just something that I had happened to stumble across while I was at this um, while I was at the radio station, this gentleman had come in to talk about it. And I remember doing a radio show with him about this because he was going to show it at his couple of his parishes. I think the DVD is long gone since then uh, from the area. But um, what was so powerful about ta- listening, and, and I watched the whole DVD with him, and then we did a radio show, but I remember just being so, so blown away by her faith. And the the doctors and the nurses asking her questions about you know how how they could help and how they could help serve and and i think the biggest thing for me that stands out about her life and in those moments of watching that dvd were not only her her humility which is number 1 um but but also her her passion and her ability to just love just love and through that love inspire others to to have a similar love for their brothers and sisters their poor and so what an amazing woman uh, and it was incredible to see what um, what she uh, did in in her life and, and and there's so many different examples and I know you have so many but that's just a moment of Mother Teresa that stood out for me in my life, and, and knowing and, and seeing her, uh, seeing her great faith in action, because uh, somebody was smart enough to pick up a video camera. <laughs> I'm glad you shared that. That must have been very interesting for you to watch and and know someone who did that work. And it was it's a great reflection for all of us. And um, speaking of reflections, if I could, I just have the ending reflection from that franciscamedia.org St. Teresa of Calcutta says that Mother Teresa's beatification, beatification just over six years after her death was part of an expedited process put into effect by Pope John Paul II. Like so many others around the world, he found her love for the Eucharist, for prayer, and for the poor, a model for all to emulate. I think it's just interesting to mention John Paul II because here they were, two saints, that you see pictures of them together and, and they lived in the same time period. I don't know if you had anything to say on that one, Bill, because isn't mm. that true? I mean, St. Teresa of Calcutta and John Paul II were contemporaries. Yes. I mean, they were in that same time period and they were both saints who mm. lived and worked in the field, the, the mission field together at the same time. Absolutely. And I think, I, I think, Again, for for people who maybe in, that are in their mid thirties and older, recognize and know that these two individuals um, were really the pulse of the church during that time, right? Like, I mean, they were just the pulse of the church. I mean, obviously, the Pope, uh, Pope John Paul II, being the being the head of the church, um, you know, the vicar of Christ on earth. I mean that. And and the incredible witness of, and the and the amazing things he did, but also to pair that with Mother Teresa, and the depth of love that she had just for humanity, not to say Pope 
John Paul II, St. Pope John Paul II, didn't have a love for humanity. I think he certainly did. But, you know, I also think it goes to show, too, Anne, um, just about, about how we need both man and woman to, to um, live the fullness of God's plan out in the world, right? Like, like having the, the, the role of man as John Paul II, that, that great male leadership um, that, that he displayed in, in the world, and then also having the, the heart of the faith on display, Mother Teresa, right? That, that, that visible, beautiful heart that Mother Teresa had uh, that, that we see. You know, it's kind of having both the head of the church and also the heart of the church just wide open for display on on display for each and every person who was willing to look at it. And I think um, it led a lot of people, the example, their example led a lot of people to, um, to faith, to devotion, to their vocation, right? Um, I mean, I, I, I personally know many people who became uh, priests because of St. Pope John Paul II, you know, and a, a lot of religious sisters became uh, religious sisters because of the example of Mother Teresa, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. She is one of my favorites. And and who, how can she not be if you live in this age, right? I mean, yeah. I think, I don't think I'm the only one. Maybe there's somebody listening who just loves Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta as well. I'm going to read just a few of her quotes if I could too. I mean, one of the, some of the, the bigger quotes I have here in front of me are, if you judge people, you have no time to love them. Another one is holiness does not consist in doing extraordinary things. It consists in accepting with a smile, whatever Jesus sends us. It consists in accepting and following the will of God. Um, She's got a few more. And another one I have here, it's easier to give a cup of rice to relieve hunger than to relieve the loneliness and pain of someone unloved. Mm. I mean, I I think that's very powerful. Um, And then another one is the world is full of good people. If you can't find one, be one. I love that. <laughs> I mean, how can you not love that? And it's just so important. And we all need to live in this way because that's how we make a difference for others is by giving of ourselves. Remember that loneliness and, and sadness and not feeling loved, you know, a lot of people will say, especially people who are very devoted to their faith, that as soon as someone knows that God loves them, then they're fine and they, they can be happy. I agree with that. I do think that when you know that God loves you, but there's still people that need to feel it from us too, right? So it's not yeah. going to be just that you know that God how much God loves you. It's got to be that we need to step forth and show them too. Mm-hmm. And that will show them that they are loved because what good does it do you can't love God just all by yourself. You know, we need each other, right? We need yeah. to, yeah. we need to love and honor him together and show each other that love that he's given to us, right? And give the mercy back. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think you bring up a really good point there, Anne. And I, I, and I think it's one that Mother Teresa really, you know, shows us 
is that we have to be God's hands and feet. You know, he doesn't have any other feet right now on this planet. You know, Jesus Jesus left 2000 years ago so that the Holy Spirit could come in power. You know, the, you know, you know that's that, that's what he says. Those are his words. You know, the advocate doesn't come unless unless Jesus leaves. Right? He goes, I must go so that the advocate can come. And isn't that a great term that he uses, the word advocate? Right? When you, we need to be advocates for God. And we need to be advocates for one another. There are no other advocates. The Holy Spirit is the advocate. And the only way that the Holy Spirit can... can show action on this earth is really through us. Yes, there are supernatural phenomena. Yes, there are um, miracles that take place through the grace and through the action of the Holy Spirit. But the reality is those things, on a day-to-day basis, the way God relays himself to the world is through you and I. We are vessels. We have to be vessels of him. And Mother Teresa did that, right? I mean, she just lived it. She lived it. She was a vessel of the Holy Spirit. And she didn't, you know, you know. You mentioned the quote about judging, right? It, it, you know, if you judge people, you have no time to love them. Well, you know, that is so true. Love the person who is in front of you. You know, all the weaknesses, all the failures, all the sins, all the all the problems, all the issues. Just love them. Don't don't try and change them. The Holy Spirit through you, through your words, through your actions is what ends up changing them. It's not you. Right? And it might not even be you. It could be a series of events in their life, and a series of people in their life that moves them closer to God. What you are called to do and you know, I always used to say this about uh my, my old pastor in uh, Lake Geneva, who's now the auxiliary bishop here in Milwaukee, Bishop Sherman, I always used to use a line about him that said, you know, when, when, he, when you were in a one-on-one conversation with him, nobody else mattered. Nobody else mattered. No, he didn't care about anything else. I mean, you could be on a crowded bus with him riding to, you know, some event and seated next to him, and he'd be listening intently to you. And he wouldn't be worried about what was coming up next or, you know, and, and that's a great quality to have. I saw a lot of Mother Teresa in him. Still do. He's a great, he's a great bishop um, precisely because of that. You know, he, he listens. And, um, and he also cares deeply about the person in front of you. And, and he's not necessarily worried about, you know, does he want you to be holy? Yes. <laughs> does he want you to be, you know, wallowing in, you know, sin and vice? No. But, but, does, he, but does he care about who you are and exactly where you are in your life, um, you know, and, and accept that and say, all right, w- w- you know, what's next? I'm, I'm going to love you in this present moment. And so, and so I think that, I think that um, we all need to take that lesson from Mother Teresa uh, and, and just listen and be
be open to how the Holy Spirit is going to use you in those moments. Because, uh, you know, becoming a vessel, becoming open to God is the most important thing we can do. Oh, absolutely, Bill. Thank you. I found one more quote, too, on top of what you just said. And this really is my favorite one of, of St. Teresa of Calcutta. Is being unwanted, unloved, uncared for, forgotten by everybody. I think that is a much greater hunger, a much greater poverty than the person who has nothing to eat. So if I could say in a nutshell, I think that's what we're all called to do as Catholics, as Christians, as people of faith, is to remember that the unloved, uncared for, forgotten by everybody. You know, there's always going to be until the end of time, until right, until Christ comes, we're going to have sin in this world. That means we have work to do. So we won't really ever have a time where we will be able to, it'll be completely alleviated, right? All this sickness, poverty, sadness, all of that. So we're always going to have something to do when it comes to uh, a job and, and how we can be saints. And I think that's a great place to start is looking at the people around you. Remember, they might not necessarily be who you think of who those people that feel forgotten by everybody and as I said, Bill, in my book, which you know about love and care for the marginalized, they simply are people who do not have the love and support that they deserve. And that's, I think, what we're all called to do is to love them. Amen. Amen. Um, Thank you, Bill. Yeah. You know, this, this has been so much fun. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I, really, uh, I really do enjoy delving into our patron saints. I also ask you to pray for uh, us, two of the patron saints, you know. Pray, pray to us, or I mean, pray for us to Saint Mother Teresa and Saint John of God. Pray, pray for the program. Pray for all the different things that we have going on. Right? I mean, we have some exciting things going on, especially in your new book, uh, which uh, which I know uh, we spent a little bit of time talking on Young Catholics Respond about it uh, last week. But um, th- there's uh, some really good things in that book uh, through Karis. Uh, through Karis Publishing, I encourage you to uh, check that out and uh, and you know really get a copy of it because it, you know a lot of the things we're talking about here today for love and marginalized you know loving the marginalized is in that book. Um, but uh, I I also just encourage you know, encourage you to uh, reach out to us too, right? Like you know mm-hmm. reach out to us, email us, all those all those things. Uh, Sewing hope at patchworkheart.org is our email address. Um, and let us know what you think of the program. Let us know um, if you've got a guest that you might want to recommend for the program. Uh, if you yourself want to be a guest, you know, just just email us uh, and interact with us. I think um, you know that's part of part of the plan. We believe um, you know again, uh, trusting in Saint John of God. If you know that moments like that's not our plan, then we'll go a different direction. But. I, you know, I really do believe, um, you know, part of the plan is to, um, you know, start doing, you know, some of the in-person stuff. I know, Anne, you have um, some wonderful things coming up, like a wonderful pilgrimage. I don't know if you want to spend a few minutes mentioning that, because I know uh, you've got a, 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 a meeting coming up as well. People can kind of join, join you and uh, all that stuff, which is going to be great. Yes. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate that. So, I'm hosting a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, March 14th to the 24th of 2022. Excited about that. 
And the spiritual director for the pilgrimage will be Father Matthew Phelan, Mercedarian friar, friend, and also part of the religious order of the foundation that I represent. You know, he's a Mercedarian friar, and the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation is a Mercedarian apostolate. So we're looking forward to that. This Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time will be a Zoom meeting to find out more. So all you need to do is just go to nonatis.org because there's a link there that you can sign up for the Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern uh, Zoom meeting and learn more. And of course, if you're listening to this podcast after the fact, you can always go to nonatis.org as we have a whole page dedicated to the Holy Land pilgrimage. Bill, thank you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I want to, you know, I mean, I mean, these are the things that, again, we feel the Holy Spirit, you know, putting uh, his hand on on our program and on the different ministries that we're involved in to say, you know, where are we going? So that's why I say, you know, pray, pray to our patrons for us, you know, um, so that, so that we know that, uh, what we're trying to do is, is do God's will. So, uh, you know, and, and of course pray about going and, you know, uh, I, I would have loved to have been uh, joining you for the Holy Land pilgrimage, Anne, but uh, a new baby, <laughs> a new That's baby, right. just um, you know throws throws a wrench into uh, everything, um, which which is a very joyful wrench. I mean, it's a it's a, phen- a phenomenal wrench uh, to have in my life right now. Um, but uh, just just keep those things uh, in mind, folks, and know that you know uh, we want to get out and and do ministry. Uh, you know, in, in different parishes, and if we can come in and, and be a part of what you have going on, we would love to do that. Um, so so please, um, again, just please keep us in prayer. Please keep us in prayer. Please pray to St. John of God and St. Uh, Mother Teresa for us, uh, and know that we are always praying for you, our listeners, uh, and we are so blessed by all of you. I mean, <laughs> that's the incredible thing. We're so blessed by your listenership, and we really do appreciate uh, you you tuning in every week and that number just keeps growing and growing and growing. So thank you. Yes. Thank you, Bill. And it's, it's just great to be here with you and to share. And hopefully as we talk about saints, Bill, I do pray for not only you and I, but for everybody that listens to the podcast and all of our friends, family, because we're here for you on a personal level that we pray for you to also be able to walk with Christ, walk with us, and learn about these great saints, and hopefully, as Bill said, fulfill that mission that we can all someday become one. Maybe not canonized, right? But That's right. at the point of a saint is someone that loves God first with all of their heart and their neighbor as themselves. We also did podcasts on that, too. So <laughs> yes. thanks, Bill. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Anne. And uh, folks, we really do appreciate you and all that you do out there in the world to live your faith boldly. Uh, But until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, the St. Raymond Donatus Foundation, and Fiat Ministry Network, don't want to forget our good friends, uh, Kent and Jennifer over there, keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.